morning, Big Ten fans. Welcome back to a home day edition of the Big Ten Morning Minutes. I'm your host, Mike Chen. Give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. It is Wednesday, February 26th, 2020. And yesterday was a huge day for the Ohio State Buckeyes. Reason being, they extended head coach Ryan Day an extra three years running through the 2026 season. Ryan Day gets a big boost in pay as well, as he'll get a bump in July to $6 million. The year afterwards, in February, $6.5 million. And then in 2022, it's going to $7.6 million. And I think that what Ryan Day did in the first year in replacing Urban Meyer gave the Ohio State Board of Trustees pretty much an idea of what's to come for the program. 13-1, and one, Big Ten Championship, undefeated during the regular season, their lone loss to Clemson in the college football playoff semifinal. Yeah, I think that Ryan Day has the program in a very good hands, and I want to commend him as well with the way that he handled the Amir Reap and Joshin Wint incident he set precedence going forward for his program because it is a no tolerance now at Ohio State. He will not tolerate any of this kind of behavior from his players. And I think that it wasn't the main reason why that Ohio State gave Day an extension, but I think it's an idea that this is the kind of way that they're going to handle the program and things are going to go forward this way I think that this is a really good way that the program is going because you see plenty of other programs oh well we're just going to suspend them kind of like what Indiana is doing with Peyton Hendershot yeah I get it they're still working on the details about Hendershot but he's just on a suspension from team activities in the school right now Ryan Day literally cut ties with Wit and Rep days, days. I mean, it literally two days later after the incident was reported, boom, gone, off the team. And I like that. I, I think that that is good. I think that more coaches and programs need to take that into account and do their investigation, yes, do their due diligence. Make sure that they have all the information before clearly making a assessment on what's going on. But act swiftly. I think it's smart. I think it's good. It sets precedence going forward that this will not be tolerated. And I love it. And given that Ryan Day will be around for minimum another six years at the helm of the Big Ten's best team, I would say. Yeah, it's, uh, it's trouble for the rest of the Big Ten because Ryan Day is probably a guy, because he's young enough, that at some point in time the NFL is going to try to flirt with him and see if he could move on. Very similar to the Lincoln-Riley situation, I think that their names are going to be constantly bantered as open positions in the NFL. And... What Ohio State has done is they're paying him on a scale where he would be equal to or very close to equal to what he would make at the NFL level. 
And if he's happy and if his family is content with staying in Columbus, it's a absolutely great move for Ohio State and Ryan Day. Some tough news out of Ann Arbor as linebacker Josh Uche, he's not going to participate in the NFL Combine due to a hamstring injury that he suffered during the Senior Bowl. Uh, he actually hurt his ankle during the Senior Bowl, and then while rehabbing the ankle, the hamstring popped up, and it's unfortunate because you know, now is the time for him to go up against his peers. Yeah, he'll probably be ready to go for Michigan's Pro Day at some point in time next month. Although hamstring injuries are tricky. They can pop up, they could clear up real quick, or they could come back and be reoccurring injuries. They are very, very tricky injuries. You could aggravate it very, very easily when you feel like you are 100%. It's just an odd injury, and it's unfortunate for Uche because he was trending towards being a second, potentially third-round draft pick. And we'll see if this hurts his draft stock at all come the NFL draft in April. But at the current moment, Uche will just participate in you know the measurables and meeting with teams unable to participate in any of the drills. 24-7 Sports' Brad Crawford this morning ranked the top quarterbacks in the conference, the most important position on the football field. We'll start off at the bottom with Rutgers' Arthur Sitkowski. He's got Northwestern's Aiden Smith at 13, Michigan State's Rocky Lombardi at 12, at 11, Maryland's Josh Jackson at 10, a new name, Iowa's Spencer Petras, who is replacing Nate Stanley. You've got Michigan's Dylan McCaffrey, who will be replacing Shea Patterson. You got incumbent Brandon Peters at Illinois. Another new guy in Jack Plummer, Purdue. He's ranked ninth. That's pretty high for a new guy, but it looks like Edward, I'm sorry, Crawford, very high on what Plummer can do. Plummer played sparingly this past season. And, well, when you've got two wide receivers in Rondell Moore and David Bell that you can throw the ball to, I think that the quarterback's going to look pretty damn good because those are two of the most electric players on the outside in all of the conference. So I think Plummer's got a nice set of guys that he'll be throwing the ball to for some odd reason. Uh, I wrote that Plummer was ninth. He is actually seventh. You've got Sean Clifford, Penn State's quarterback, returning at number six. At number five, you have Adrian Martinez, Nebraska's quarterback. I think Martinez is a little bit high in this one. And my reason being is Martinez hasn't shown me that he could stay healthy for a full season. If he can do that, then I would be a little bit more comfortable with where Crawford has ranked him. But the issue is he can't stay healthy. Uh, Dylan McCaffrey's younger brother, Luke, he is on the Nebraska team. He got some run last year due to the fact that Adrian Martinez can't stay on the field. Talent-wise, yes, Martinez is one of the most talented quarterbacks in the conference. But due to his injury history, I wouldn't be able to rank him in the top five. I would have him pretty highly ranked, probably seven, eighth range. But he needs a season where he can show me that he can stay healthy. Show the health and then put him up there. I'm perfectly fine with that. At four, 
Crawford ranked Wisconsin's Jack Cohen. Uh, I'm going to eat some crow here on Cohen because last year I thought that Cohen would lose his job to Graham Mertz, the incoming freshman, the highest-ranked quarterback recruit in Wisconsin history. Well, Jack Cohen went out there, led his team to a Big Ten West title, uh, a loss in the championship against Ohio State, but hey, that's that's still pretty damn good for Cohen after replacing Alex Hornibrook when he transferred out to Florida State and then uh, you know didn't actually play at Florida State. But uh, Jack Cohen, uh, more than solid, and it's a it's a question mark as to how Paul Chris is going to handle Cohen and uh, Mertz coming up this season. If Cohen's healthy, uh, he's going to get the majority of steps. He's going to play a lot. I think that Mertz is that guy that you know, there's a potential that if, if if Mertz doesn't see the field this year, he could end up in the transfer portal. That's something to watch for. Because I think Mertz is more than talented to play at plenty of big-time schools. And if Cohen continues to play the way he has, I don't see him. I think he's a junior. I don't see him leaving uh, to the NFL draft. He'll probably stay as a senior. And Mertz would have to you know, wait around till his junior year to start. Quarterbacks don't do that anymore. Quarterbacks transfer to other programs. And they'll try to play early because, you know, although I, I don't know if Mertz would be eligible for an immediate transfer, we'll see uh, how that works out, especially with the NCAA looking into potentially changing the rules on that as well. So it'll be interesting to see, but Jack Cohen, fourth on Crawford's list. Going to third, you got Michael Penix Jr., Indiana's quarterback. They don't have the depth anymore. And Penix was hurt last year and Peyton Ramsey came in Peyton Ramsey really helped out because Ramsey was the starter last year Tom Allen decided to go with Penix more dynamic player he's a better runner they're equally about the same as a thrower and so therefore you know Allen thought that Penix had a higher ceiling for the Indiana offense I don't disagree with him again I would knock him down just a little bit due to injury issues as well. If Penix can stay in the field, he's definitely more than talented to be one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, but injuries, once again. Tanner Morgan, Minnesota's quarterback, uh, taking the job last year after Zach Anikstead got injured in preseason and ran with it. Uh, He had two awesome wide receivers in Tyler Johnson and Rashad Bateman, Johnson gone, Bateman, he's still around. And uh, Bateman, I think, will be a guy that a lot of people are going to look to this year because he's not going to have the other DBs not being able to zero in on him. He's going to be the guy. So it'll be interesting to see what kind of season Bateman ends up having. And to no one's surprise, you've got Ohio State's Justin Fields, the Heisman Trophy finalist as the best quarterback in the conference. Moving on to the hardwood, before we wrap up yesterday's game, which uh, I watched the majority of it, and it was a pretty solid game um, between Iowa and Michigan State. Indiana lands an enormous commitment for Archie Miller, an in-state five-star point guard, Christian Lander. 
at 6'2", 165 pounds. Lander had offers from a whole lot of big-time basketball schools. Inside the conference, he had plenty of schools looking after him, including Michigan and Ohio State. Louisville, Memphis, Kansas. I mean, those are kind of the who's who's. I mean, you are missing the Duke offer, the Kentucky offer. Kentucky was talking to Lander. But, again, you know, that basketball's a little bit different with their offers. They're because of the smaller rosters they're not going to offer as many players and so you're not going to get a guy that's got 40 offers you're going to get guys that have 20 30 offers as opposed to like everybody offering because of the small classes and scholarship restrictions on the basketball side a little easier to add those offers on the football side but nevertheless lander is one hell of a prospect a consensus five star and anytime you get a five star Coming on the campus, it's a huge win. So big time get for Archie Miller and his Hoosiers. The game last night was a big one, and it was a ranked game. And I thought that this one was a game that Michigan State really, really needed. Playing at home against a ranked Iowa team, going up against arguably I wouldn't say the front runner for National Player of the Year, but probably a finalist for National Player of the Year, and definitely my current Big Ten Player of the Year in Luca Garza. And Cassius Winston said, you know what? Don't forget about me. I'm still around. I'm still here. I'm a senior. I'm going to lead my Michigan State Spartans to a home win, 78-70. to 70. This was close. It was a very close contested game towards the end. It was you know, Iowa back and forth. Iowa had a five-point lead going into, I'm sorry, six-point lead going into half. And then Michigan State scored 51 points in the second half. Iowa is one of the highest-scoring teams in the conference. And 70 just wasn't enough because they couldn't stop the Michigan State offense. Cassius Winston, 20 points, nine assists, five rebounds, an all-around fantastic game. Luca Garza, he had a good game. Played all 40 minutes. The only issue is is that he didn't shoot very well. 8 of 21, and Michigan State's got the size to battle with him. Uh, Xavier Tillman, really good job there. You know, and that, I think, bothered Garza. Usually, especially inside the Big Ten, there might be one guy on each everyone's squad that can match up with Garza and give him a, a tough time. Well, Michigan State's got multiple guys on their front court that'll bang with him, that'll work around him, and they play good help defense as well because Tom Izzo coaches them very, very well on that end. And so that's kind of what you're getting. Uh, unfortunately, Joe Wieskamp didn't have a good game. They really rely on Wieskamp to be good, does Fran McCaffrey. And he was 1 for 8 shooting, 0 for 5 from the 3 point beyond the arc, just 4 points, added 2 turnovers. Not the best game for Joe Wieskamp. Uh, Ryan Cranier, 18 points for the Hawkeyes in a losing effort. And then you go over to Michigan State, uh, Ricky Watts, Rocket Watts had 21 points. Not a great shooting night, actually not that, not that bad. 9 to 17, so pretty solid. I take that back. And then Aaron Henry added 17 as well. He shot pretty solid, 5 of 10 from the field. He added 6 boards as well. So 
a, a solid win for Michigan State. And like I said, and we've always known that Michigan State always down the stretch, they lock it in, and they're one of the better teams come March. They are starting to play better. They went through a lull in February towards the, you know, early on in this month where they were good, fell out of the top 25. They've come back into the top 25 as long as, you know, they continue their winning ways this weekend. They will be in, you know, the top 25. They, they do have a tough one against Maryland on Saturday. But if they can uh, pull that one out, you're looking at a, a pretty highly ranked Michigan State squad. I think they'll be in the, the mid-teens if they beat Maryland after a week where you're going to go in. You're going to beat Iowa and Maryland in a week. Yeah, that, that's going to move you up in the polls. couple games on the slate tonight. You've got number 16 Penn State taking on Rutgers. This one's not going to be easy for Penn State at home. Rutgers is a damn good team. They have been sliding as of late, but so has Penn State. We'll see which team comes up with that win. And then Maryland's traveling into Minneapolis, taking on the Gophers. This one should be a tight one as well. Maryland played well, then they don't. And then, you know, they, they're coming off of that loss against Ohio State this weekend. So we'll see what ends up happening, but uh, some damn good games. Uh, there should be some very tight contests in the Big Ten tonight on the basketball court. And that's going to do it for me this morning on your Big Ten Morning Minutes. I appreciate the listen. Go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter at Mike F. Chen. Follow the show site as well at Big Ten MM. Rate us, review us, and share us on all of your listening platforms. Have a great hump day, Big Ten fans. I will talk to you tomorrow morning.